Now, the Seattle Times, a prominent U.S. newspaper with nine Pulitzer Prizes, is taking action after it was revealed the FBI used its logo to lure a terror suspect. Without asking permission, the agency set up a fake page with the Seattle Times title and sent the link to a suspect. RT's Marina Portnaya picks up this story. The U.S. agency usually at the center of criticism about entrapment, surveillance, or racial profiling now appears to be in the business of distributing fake news. The FBI is under fire for fabricating a fake story on a bogus Seattle website in order to plant malware on the personal computer of a bomb threat suspect. According to documents revealed by the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the FBI's bogus story had an Associated Press byline and an email link in the style of the Seattle Times, including details about subscriber and advertiser information. Federal agents carried out the operation without disclosing or getting permission from the news outlets. The Seattle Times has expressed outrage that the FBI misappropriated the name of the newspaper to install spyware on the suspect's computer. The AP, meanwhile, says the FBI's ploy undermines the news agency's credibility, saying, quote, We are extremely concerned and find it unacceptable that the FBI misappropriated the name of the Associated Press and published a false story attributed to AP. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Yeah, how's it going over there, Mr. Chase? Oh, just spoofing some websites. <laughs> what are you sending out links via MySpace profiles? <laughs> well, first off, he deserves to be arrested. He was using MySpace. Yeah, but I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. But secondly, I guess it goes to show that uh, I guess tiny URL masking works because if, he, you know, for me, do you ever click on links and emails that are unsolicited? Nope. But if you did, let's just say you did, would you hover over that link oh, just sure. to, of course, right? I, you know, I use Linux, too, so I don't really care too much. Uh, I don't worry about true, it that much. <clears throat> and I'm not on that Windows, Chase. I'm not on that Windows. Yeah, so this so is... he was using Vista, right? Heck yeah. of a story. Heck yeah. of a story. The FBI... So this kid's sending in a bomb plot, uh, bomb threats to, uh, right. to a school. Yeah. So the FBI creates a story about, about his bomb threats to sort of stoke his ego. Yeah. Sends it to his MySpace profile. Yeah. Clicks it. Well, they sent it to him because they suspected that it was him, but they needed they needed proof. What do you think right? about them? What do you think about them? In, like, uh, here's another story. Check out in the show notes here. Uh, another story: the FBI uh, the FBI impersonates repairman in a ruse. The federal agents turned off internet access to three luxury villas at Las Vegas hotels, and then impersonated their technicians to go in and inside and install to collect information to install like spyware uh, little devicey thingies. Ooh. So they sh- they kill the internet at the hotels, then they impersonate the repair people, infect the network with monitoring equipment to get information on the people in the hotels in Las Vegas. Now that that bothers me a little bit more than the other part, the other one, because uh, and uh, you know to to steal from Angela this morning, I was listening to Tech Talk today. This was a very very narrowly focused attack. This was only sent to him. Uh, they sent a, they basically set up this page, this this fake stuff just for him. It's not like they put out a tweet and hope everybody clicked on it or anything like that. Right. So it was a very specific attack. It was specific for... hotel one... This one's much different. Yeah. Because... It's anybody in the hotel. Right. And And that would be me. If I was in there, I'd be getting on the internet. Right. You're involving innocent Yeah, man. I love the internet. I'm on the internet all the time. Right. I'm all up in the internet. But then, then you know, we've heard this before. If you're on a public Wi-Fi access spot, you should be using a VPN anyway, right? Well, there's that. 
So, uh, anyways, it, just, it was interesting. Yeah. A couple of our stories did not have a rather local flair to them. Yes. Seattle Times, and there was the shooting that yes. was... Do you think, by the way, hmm. the Seattle Times has any reason to be upset here? Yeah. I, uh, it makes it look like they work in hand with the government. Right. And I, I guess for, for them, all they, all they got to do is just come out and say, well, we didn't approve this. We didn't authorize this. That's all they got to say. Yeah, that's all but they do you believe say. me? They seem pretty upset. I believe them. I believe them, too. And AP, the AP is upset, too, because, as we heard in the story, the byline for AP was used. Do you remember, it seems a few months back now, there was talk about another leaker, another, and, and the Intercept oh, that's right. potentially An- got... Yeah, another Edward Snowden? Well, it turns out they might have found this other leaker. Ooh. Yes. And go. Of data on U.S. spying is seemingly proving contagious. A mysterious figure that could possibly become, quote, the second Snowden has emerged in media reports. No details have been released about the new whistleblower and speculation is rife. RT's Alexei Yaroshevsky delves a little deeper. We don't know much at the moment about the identity of this reported second uh, leaker. Uh, We do know that, uh, according to the Yahoo News investigative reporter, that uh, a home of a governmental contractor in North Virginia has been searched by the FBI and also that there was a criminal case uh, launched on uh, the matter. Uh, And there's also little known about the nature of information which could have been released by this second uh, leaker. The new Edward Snowden has already been dubbed by the U.S. uh, media, but it may be somehow related to the uh, article in the Intercept magazine in August, which uh, stated that almost half over 680,000 people on the U.S. terrorist watch list have nothing to do with any terrorist organization. That article made a lot of noise, and there's a speculation that the second leaker may be, in fact, the person who has provided this information to the Insider uh, magazine. Now, the existence of the potential second leaker is not a surprise at all, uh, as well, because uh, in July, Glenn Greenwald, the journalist who initially interviewed Edward Snowden and published his revelations tweeted that there may be a second leaker as well and in a recently released documentary about Edward Snowden, Citizen Four uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald actually talks to Edward Snowden about this and Edward Snowden said that uh, he was in fact shocked by the uh, intensity of the information that the second leaker could have uh, released the story is in early stages yet but uh, it already left many questioning the integrity of the security apparatus in the United States and uh, asking whether Snowden's revelations of last year may have in fact started a wave of high-profile disclosures within the security offices of the United States. So a lot of speculation still, Chase. A lot of speculation of who this guy could be. But it does seem like there is indeed a second leak. I'm surprised it's been this much time since those rumors were first kind of percolating that it it, t- it took this long to get you know, to this I'm, point, and I'm also surprised that there's not more to be to be. Well, frank. yeah, right. Like with people that maybe were inspired, right? I mean, and, and figure well, if Snowden's getting all these protections, and let's say I'm a leaker, why can't I get involved and do the same thing? Right. Yeah. What do you think would prevent somebody? Uh, I guess you would have to make sure you have no family mm-hmm. or you have no disconnects with your family. Yeah, I mean, and- your life being destroyed is a pretty big one. Yeah. Uh, there's that for sure. <laughs> uh, and then also, I know they have new security. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're like hypersensitive about it. It's like yeah. when a, it's like when a fast food joint gets E. coli. Oh, that's true. You know, now they're all hypersensitive about getting E. coli, so they turn the burners up a little hotter. That's true, and yeah. then you get a less juicy burger. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you dot the I on Ohio What the hell does that week? mean, Chase? Do you know how many people came up to me and asked me yes, if I had done it yet? Yes. Yeah, and uh, I still don't know. I walked away, and none of them, by the way, that came up and asked me knew what the hell it was. They just were asking because... Because I'm bringing it up. Yeah. 
And then I go out to dinner last night, and my friend says, so did you? And did I, you said, dot the I said, John, I don't know what the hell you're talking about still. <laughs> so what the hell does it mean? You can tell me now. I, so since we've assembled last, I went to Ohio. I'm back right, now. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Uh, is it, it's, I'm going to look it up right now. Is it, are you making that up? <laughs> no, I'm not. Dot the I in Ohio. Right. It's a band? What is this? What is this? Yes. It's a band thing. Oh, no. This is horrible. This what the hell? It's 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 like a sports thing chase. It's you a get, sports. Thing. You got me into a sports thing chase. I did. So so remember showing on the on the oh that's that's yeah. yours. Yeah, that's my screen. So here's the Ohio State marching band. Okay, are you kidding me? Are the Ohio not maybe not Ohio State, just University of Ohio. And, and so, so there, there, uh, there's a tuba player there. Yeah, so, I see that. Chase. So, so what happens is, uh, you may just have to skim it just a little bit. It's it's towards the end. Oh, you know? Yeah, okay, oh, I know exactly. All right. Okay, all right. Just watch this right here. Keep it right here. So right now, the tuba okay, player is okay. going to get the handoff from the drum major, and here we go. What am I? The the tuba player is going to dot the eye on Ohio. Here we go, and. Boom! There we go. He just dotted the eye in Ohio. He 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 swivels his tuba down. Yeah, and he dots so the eye. Did you expect me to take a tuba to Ohio? Was that? No, no. That? You're gonna borrow a tuba. You're gonna yeah. head out there and uh-huh. dot the eye. Uh huh. I don't. I don't. Damn it, Chase. The whole trip for that, Chase. I went to Columbia. Columbus, Ohio, Columbus. Columbia. Columbus. I went to Columbus, Ohio, and back. Columbia's a very far That's a different place. I went yeah. to. Col- Wait, are you telling me, Chase? It might not understand that I went to Columbus and yes. back for that, and and I came away. Uh, I, I came away with that, Chase. Okay. You came away with a cultural, rich experience Damn that is Chase. awesome and beautiful and great. I oh, by the way, thank you, Rusty. That's a sousaphone, not a tuba. By the way, uh, speaking of Columbia, that will be coming up a little bit in the show. Uh, but first, before we get to that, while we're on the local stuff. Okay. Uh, we, I'll talk we, about my trip later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. Can you do it <laughs> Do it after the stuff, the shooting stuff? As like a, It'll be a pick-me-up. Right. Yeah, sure. I can do that. This, this, you know, this shooting stuff, uh, this, this, there, oh. I mean, obviously, got oh. a lot of feelings because we got a lot of local ties. Yeah, so uh, uh, while I was in the air, uh, my wife and I found out that there was a shooting uh, in our local town uh, about two miles from my house, yeah. but maybe even a little closer to home. Yeah. Um, a lot closer to my house, by the way. My daughter was across the street at the time. Yeah. And uh, so... I called my good friend. Uh, uh, he's got... Uh, a couple of daughters, one of them's in middle school, and so I was, you know, I, she does do stuff at the high school, so I, you know, I, I text my my friend, I'm like, everybody okay over right. there? And, uh, yeah, I, no, I found out when I was driving down to uh, California on, I for some weird thing, um, I was way, in the middle of Oregon, and I decided to throw on TuneIn, because I actually wanted to listen to some lo- local talk. Uh, there was nothing on the radio, I didn't... Uh, my wife didn't want to listen to any audiobooks at the time, so I was just like, oh, I'll just throw on some local radio and you'll see what's going on. And it was like wall-to-wall coverage, and I was just like, what the hell yeah. just happened? Yeah, I forget how we found out exactly, because we were actually in the air, and I think Ann decided to pay for the data for oh. like two bucks for an hour. So anyways, here's a yeah. clip to kind of set up this. I believe this clip is from the night of the shooting. New details emerging about a popular teen who opened fire in his high school cafeteria today. As the sound of gunshots rang out, his peers fled in terror. He killed one student and injured four others before turning the gun on himself. So what made a homecoming prince into a cold-blooded killer? ABC's Neil Karlinski is on the scene with the latest. 
It's happened again, those all too familiar images of children running for their lives from what should be a place of safety, their school. This time, Marysville Pilchuck High, north of Seattle. Early this morning, the first call comes into 911 from someone inside the school, a now sickeningly familiar alert. Put out an active shooter for now. There was, there was five to six shots. I, I, I counted five, but I think there was six. Emergency responders who had just practiced a drill for something like this this week quickly swarmed the area. Police with guns drawn sweeping inside, checking locked doors. Minutes later, the shooter is reported dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The shooter is down. Another student is also dead, and four others injured, including three shot in the head and listed in critical condition. All of them shot inside the school cafeteria. Four shots went off, and I th- we thought I thought it was firecrackers, and then everyone started ducking under the tables, and then three more went off, and everyone started screaming, "Run! It's a gun!" When I fell over, I got up, and there's just someone laying on the ground. This boy lifts his shirt to show us where a bullet grazed his back. I heard gunshots, and the it must have ricocheted off something and hit hit me. And I heard the fire alarm go off and everyone ran in our class and I heard some gunshots. You heard the shots? Soon, terrified parents begin flooding the area. A nearby church set aside for kids to be taken by school bus and reunited. We're lucky. We get to take our home tonight. This shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen to our kids and our grandkids. She called me right away so I didn't have to worry for too long. Thank God. I can't imagine the parents that hadn't heard from their kids that were standing over there. The scene here is surreal. You see parents emotional, reuniting with emotional kids everywhere you look. You can see the school buses here that have taken the kids from the school to this church. And it's just one huge mass of desperate parents trying to find their kids. Somebody was telling us that someone has a gun, someone has a gun. And so we just ran into a classroom. The alleged shooter, not an outcast or a loner. But this year's freshman homecoming prince, identified tonight as Jalen Freiberg, a football player and popular student. One of his friends told us he had just returned to school after reportedly being suspended for a fight. I never thought he would do this. I see him every day. Was was he mad about something? No, he was fine. Do you make any sense of this? I mean, you know him. He was fine the day before. He was he was being sassy as always and good. Another friend says he spoke to Jalen earlier today. From what I heard, there was a um, a couple of uh, bullying incidents that had happened where some people had said some stuff about him in a class. So what could have set him off? Twitter offers some clues. Jalen writing yesterday morning: "It won't last. It'll never last." He seemed to be upset earlier in the week, tweeting. I should have listened. You were right. The whole time you were right. And it breaks me. It actually does. I know it seems like I'm sweating it off, but I'm not, and I never will be able to. And on Instagram, this photo, Jalen and his birthday present, a gun, though not believed to be the murder weapon. There is no profile, except that they're almost always boys, and almost always they have felt uh, some degree of sense of either uh, failure or loss. 
Dave Cullen, who has written extensively about school shooters, says the repeat pattern in so many of them is depression. If we can attack that problem and solve those kids and bring them out of depression, we will cure the problem, get rid of the problem before it ever gets to the point of a gun. School shootings have become painfully routine across the country. All right, we'll stop there. So uh, here's his Twitter account, by the <clears throat> way. Oh, you have it up there? I do. Um, I'm surprised it's still online. Oh, I don't know why it would come down. Well, I guess. because uh, some other folks that have had uh, like that have done something and they've tweeted things, they've later pulled the Twitter profile or made it private. And by the way, he didn't have twelve thousand followers to start. A lot of people jumped on board to follow this account oh, wow. after the fact. Um, there. <laughs> There's a lot of weird angles here on this. Before we uh, before we dive too far yeah. in, I uh, you know the the one thing the clip said is that he was he was killed by a self inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, I want to expand on that just for a second. All right. We're learning new information today about how a high school freshman in Washington State may have shot himself after opening fire on several of his friends in the school cafeteria. Two of those students are dead, including the 14-year-old shooter, and four are injured. And in the midst of that tragedy, a report of heroism. A teacher's union official tells CNN first-year full-time teacher Megan Silberberger confronted the shooter and may have saved lives. The school district posted this message from her on its website saying this, quote, while I am thankful and grateful for the support from everyone at this time, I am requesting privacy for myself and for my family, end quote. Now, uh, the uh, the story goes that uh, she what, grabbed his arm as he was reloading. Well, there there there's been some clarification on that. Okay. Uh, she never touched the student oh, at okay, all. OK, OK. Uh, base, that was the first time, the first story. Right, I that was, yeah. yeah, and there was conflicting reports about mm-hmm. that. And actually, I was trying to find it. She uh, actually <clears throat> spoke today uh, for the first time since. Uh, it was a very, very brief uh, brief statement. I, I'm trying to find it right now. But ba- but basically, yeah, she, she went up to talk to him, and then he killed himself. Um, but there was some conflicting reports of that, like there was a struggle, and he she accident or he accidentally sh- shot himself, like mm-hmm. he didn't mean to commit su- mm-hmm. suicide. But the more I an- try to analyze this weird situation, situation, it ended up with a bullet shot to the neck, right? Right, which yeah. is a weird spot to try to kill yourself. Yeah, unless, unless I guess he's doing this, or, or yeah, putting it under the under the chin, yeah, or something like that. But the the way I I see this, first off, is I know I might get in trouble for this, but um, I know this took place at a school. Okay, this was a school shooting, but the way I see it is this is not your, and I hate saying this part, your atypical school shooting, where obviously you have you know either a bullied kid or somebody who's really upset with society and they just want to go off on everybody. This was a very, very calculated, sadistic murderer that texted and emailed his friends. Invited them there. Invited them to meet at lunch yeah. at this table. So he could execute them. All right. It wasn't like he, you know, went off on random people at a school because he felt bullied or, you know, was teased or whatever. He specifically wanted to kill these people that were his friends, not only friends, but considered cousins. Um, not considered cousins. Some of them were his cousins. You think he was just a psychopath? Just a well, I guess by definition, what he did would would constitute yeah. as one as such. But I mean, this kid uh, was a uh, was uh, a son of a very prominent Indian elder at the at the uh, Tulalip Indian tribe, which is right next door. Which to Which has us. been funny listening to the national media butcher the uh, name Tulalip. Yeah, I know Tulalip. 
But one of the things uh, that I felt very, very interesting, uh, there's been some weird things. So first off, we have a local newspaper, Herald, uh, the Herald newspaper, which yeah. is based out of Everett. Yeah. They disabled all of their comments on all the articles relating to the shooting because the articles, uh, the comments were getting so heated in this debate hmm. about things that you know he said and did. They disabled them, hmm. all of them. Hmm. And deleted any comments that were there. Secondly, there's been a couple of quote unquote, I wouldn't call it favorable articles about him, but talking about you know how he was the homecoming king and or uh, and uh, you know involved with football and, and and all these things and trying to paint him in a positive light, which I would never have seen. Uh, we've also seen like at at these uh, candlelight vigils that have happened at the school since. They actually have uh, lit a candle with his name on it. In fact, uh, I'm not sure if they say right in the beginning of this clip, but I think listen to the way they sort of set this up. Police in Marysville, Washington, say it appears a 14-year-old high school student deliberately targeted his victims. This latest school shooting yesterday claimed two lives, including the gunman's. Four others remain hospitalized. And in the small community north of Seattle, many are asking tonight why a popular student suddenly snapped. So a popular student student suddenly snaps, you know, not uh, not like some of the other shooters we've heard framed on this oh, show. And, and the other and the other frustrating thing is in the very, very beginning stages of this, my wife, uh, who is, uh, you know, she she doesn't really care too much about local news. She was immediately engaged because this is in our hometown. Right, right? right by your house. Even. Right. And so she's a she's a Reddit fanatic. <laughs> she loves getting involved and starts doing research. And she comes to find out that a lot of reporters were trying to kind of push the agenda like so he wasn't well liked was he was he oh. no no uh you know he, did he play like violent video game i mean they literally were trying to fit an agenda for this right. kid what, what what template can we apply to this one right exactly i've got all this already written i just need to fill in the blanks right exactly a, t- a template <laughs> if you will yeah yeah um and the other so there is also uh the dynamic right now about uh what's going on in washington state at this time we get back to Friday's school shooting in Marysville, and it has increased the debate over gun control. At one week from today, people in Washington will vote on Initiative 594. That's an initiative that would expect, uh, expand rather background checks way, for gun sales. This is another part that really pisses me off to no effing end. The capitalization of a tragedy? Because... I'll let you finish this clip. I'll just, I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, you kind of get the idea. Like, no, I know. This all there, happens there are, right there are, as this is going on. For, for you guys who don't know, there are two statewide initiatives happening in our state. One of them is to make the gun prote- uh, the gun purchase laws a little bit stronger. Right. Okay. So, uh, for example, if you bought a gun at a gun show, you would uh, it would require a background check for you to pick up that gun. Also, let's say, Chris, you owned a gun and I was going to purchase a gun from you. We would have to go to a a gun shop. I would have to undergo a background check. You couldn't do a private transfer. Uh, The only exception to those rules is like if you were given a gun to your son or something like that. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing. And the other one is a competing uh, initiative, which would basically set the gun laws as whatever the national standard is at the time. Okay. So – this gun, which was a Beretta, it was a forty caliber Beretta that was purchased legally mm. with background check at a local uh, mm. local establishment. Mm. The gun was purchased legally. Mm. So even if these initiatives were passed, it mm. wouldn't have made a goddamn difference in this whole thing. Well, and uh, I mean, I'm not one that wants to see any shootings, especially one so close to home. No, yeah. Uh, but uh, it, the worst thing about it 
the really dark thing about it is humans will find a way to kill each other no matter what that method right. is. And if it's knives, it's knives. And we've talked about stories where that's happened. I, I uh, <clears throat> you know, you do have to – what it really comes down to is uh, as a parent, I'm so disappointed in his parents that – he really his his if, Twitter account alone, right? Exactly. Alone. I mean, they should have been monitoring his activity just right there. They should have been disciplining him or trying to help reach out to him or whatever it is they needed to do to correct that. Because just by reading his Twitter feed, it's obvious his parents because they're talking about having sex on there. He's they're, retweeting uh, like, uh, and by the way, this is a little graphic for sensitive u- viewers. Uh, but I mean, he's he's tweet he's tweeting out. Uh, and retweeting pictures, sexual pi- pictures, and, yeah. and things like that. Remember, They're this talking is about a, partying. This getting is drunk. a fifteen-year-old, okay, and this kid, a son of a prominent tribal member, okay, and heavily involved in tribal activities and all these things. And this kid's like going off on Twitter. Right. Uh, there's other tweets about him and a girlfriend, yep. somebody breaking up. Obviously, he's, this he's kid got was tweets in pain. on there about how how to love a woman, and you know, I'm putting that very uh, that, P, yeah, PR speak because it's, yeah. it's, it's it's graphic. Yep. So there is such an obvious lack of oversight, and it's unfortunate because. But it's built up. I mean, he he tweeted back in September 20th. I'm tired of this shit. I'm so effing done. And you know, he. I mean, obviously, this is a kid. Who didn't get the help he needed? That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, by and, the, and then in the, to make it all better, he did have uh, access to guns. Yeah, and and then that's what they're investigating. Uh, by the way, just just into the show, the uh, the tribe uh, f- issued a statement just a short time ago. They said all the young people he attacked were his friends. Yeah, and two cousins were his even. and two were his cousins. Yeah, pa- pa- parents and children alike are struggling to understand what caused him to act in such a manner. Even though we may never know why, there can be no justification for taking the lives of others. These were the acts of an individual, not a family. Not a tribe. So, Chase, I'm going to hand you this pen. I'm going to hand you this red book. Please, sir, write down your red book prediction. What will happen with the gun laws in Washington State? Oh, well, f- slam dunk. <laughs> you think? You think that one's a slam dunk? Well, the the it was already trolling in trolling polling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that people is what grinds my gears. <laughs> it uh, it's going to pass. Uh, yeah, I mean, this state, unfortunately, in some ways, I think, is sometimes a little le- too left leaning. Um, and, you know, our well, state has a mixture of red and blue. Red is the east side of the state. Blue is on the left side of the state. So I, it's going to they're going to pass. I mean, I don't even know if I should write a prediction. I don't, it's gonna I, don't pass. I don't feel like that's a fair. Th- I mean, when you look at all of the People all of want more restrictions, all of guns. the gun shootings, all the shootings that happen and all of the fear mongering that goes on with lone wolves and all of that. I, I don't think it's oh. that's yeah, I don't think it's that surprising. Um, no, but I mean, people have. This uh, at least here, I don't know. I can't speak for everywhere, of course. But Hey-oh. people have let's this. Let's do it anyway. Let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it anyway. But people here feel like, well, all right. Well, if we only had a better gun control law, or if we had metal detectors in all of our schools, we could prevent this strategy. Strategy. Oh God. That's how we go. Uh, that's how we roll. I know what you're tragedy. Saying. I know what from you're ever happening again. Yeah. But it's not that way. No. It's not. No, unfortunately. Um, it, it comes – and I said this to my wife when it happened. Um, mental health in this country 
and as a society, has gotten such a terrible bad rap where, oh, you need to see the psycho doctor. You need to see a psychologist because mm-hmm. you have some issues that yeah. you need to deal with. Right, right, right. And there's such a negative stigma. And yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about the pharmaceutical part of it. I'm just talking about just talking and being able to, to, to express to your friends and family how the hell you're feeling in yeah. life and what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And It's all part of our screwed up culture. It is. Totally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally. And, and you know this is a sad situation. But yeah. one thing that still is stymieing me is – why are they remembering the murderer? Why are they like putting him on the same level as the victims? Like when they're lighting candles, they they actually wrote his name on a well, cup and they <clears throat> for Jaden, you know. And I'm just thinking, well, go why? back on what you're saying. Maybe it's it's to try to uh, understand that he also suffered in a way. Yeah, and that we failed to help him, just like we failed to help the children that are now. But, but that's never happened in any of the other shootings, in the other school shootings, right? Maybe this is a good trend. I, I mean, I feel no sympathy for the kid. No, no, neither do I. But I, I mean, feel, and what he did was just atrocious. I feel sympathy for the families that we were never able to figure out that there was something that wrong with him. And, you know, uh, the one thing that I worry about is a lot of – do you think – don't you think this kind of stuff is going to just simply justify the U.S. government spending the money and resources on monitoring all of us online all the time? Because it's like – it, well, first off, it just don't, seems like they, it takes one bureaucrat to say, you know, if we had uh, that algorithm that such and such company tried to sell us, it would have set off a red flag to the local police station to monitor him. Well, monitoring is already happening in, in a lot of ways. I mean, there was a quote on uh, some kids, I think, down in Pierce County uh, yesterday or today that were arrested for felony harassment because they said, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and shoot up everybody at my school. They were making a joke, a terrible, awful joke. But right. I heard about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They are. You know, we've heard several stories of that yeah and, but fact, here's the, here's the thing Jaden, before this situation happened had a lot of friends that probably followed him on on, on twitter and probably on facebook obviously on twitter he was sharing his feelings i don't know if any one of his friends shot, uh, shouted out and said man you know what you're tweeting here is everything all right or going to his parents talking to somebody talking to a teacher did anybody ever try to reach out to this we kid don't know. maybe we don't know i don't know <clears throat> yeah. I, but gosh i mean just it's so surreal when it happens in your own backyard yeah that's weird it, it was weird for us being uh, up in the air so feeling extremely disconnected because we're on, we're traveling to ohio while this is happening and you know as a parent my having my 3 year old daughter Literally across the street at dance class when it happened. I mean, can you imagine what was going? I'm in an airplane while my daughter is across the street from the shooting at yeah. a dance class. <laughs> Talk about like helpless, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, what do you do? Right, and and of course, and the internet connection sucked in the airplane, oh, cool. so like you were getting scraps of information at a time. It was an, it was an, it was it was a surreal experience to put it mildly. What I under I understand that. We inherently need to make changes as a society. My, yeah, my how concern we is that things. the changes we need to make are so big and so fundamental to who we are that they they cannot be done, or they cannot be done I, over a period of uh, one generation. Personally, though, I I don't think those changes should involve anything in regards to uh, hindering our freedoms. And what I mean by that, in a way, is you mean when, like when, when you mean ki- like in like the eagle sense, like uh, like so for. <laughs> Like your son's old enough now; he's he's going to school. How would it make you feel if he had to pass through a metal detector every single day to go to school? How yeah, would you make I you feel never gets for, to that. for him to grow up in that kind of society? That's what I mean by there's those already places where that happens, though. I know, 
I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that's you know, and you know they've already had of, a, they've already had a quote unquote intruder drill at his school. And honestly, that's one of the many reasons. I, I love kids. I think your kids are awesome. By the way, all three of them are just super. Yeah, they're okay. They're they're, they're not bad. They're all right. Uh, I got many friends who have kids, and a lot of people have asked me, "Well, Chase, you know, why don't you want kids?" Uh, my wife and I choose not to have kids, not because we don't like them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you know we get people calling us selfish or whatever. But one of the reasons why I don't is precisely this: I don't want my son or daughter to live in this world where a I constantly have to be that helicopter parent, which you're hearing that term so much about, have to worry about monitoring multiple layers of social. Let me ask you this media. before you go too far. Yeah. Uh, this might be a dumb. That's why I want to ask you this as a dumb mental exercise. No, but put right. yourself back in 1885. Yeah, back in the 18. 18- or maybe even a little or bit life earlier. Expectancy than that, right? was the 30s. Well, like uh, <laughs> you think you think it's violent and bad now, but it, considering where we were as a people, you know, even back then, like we, the fact that these happen once or twice a year. Yeah. Compared to back then, it was probably – I mean, people are getting shot on a daily basis. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Like, our, our – as a people, I think we're just inherently a little violent and, like, what – your perspective changes based on right. what your – what is the normal but, baseline. But you're right. But it's not just that, though. It's also that everything is magnified by a factor of 50 billion. Right. Where – the likelihood, like for example, there's always that uh, fear, like, oh my gosh, am my kid's going to get kidnapped? Yeah, right. Or, uh, you, you know, when I was traveling, some people had masks on because they were worried about Ebola. Right. Or you know, or or, or plane crash or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Terrorism, ISIS. Right. Yeah. So there's always these situations where we think, all right, here we go. I, I have to stress out. I have to worry because it could it could happen to my son. It could happen. It could happen to me, you know. And it's like, come on. Well, look. This is uh, this is why we do the unfiltered show, like we do. Uh, and we need your ho- we need your help. And you know, I I heard uh, quite a few times over my trip to Ohio that a lot of you tune out from time to time because you get bummed about the show, you know, because the the news can be you know a bummer. And then you come back later once you've sort of recouped. I, on the other hand, I find it to be sort of mentally re- refreshing because I think a lot of you also fit into a category where you suspect some, some of this stuff, so it's a yeah. bit validating to hear it discussed in a, yeah. or at least hear an alternative idea sometimes and it's worth, it doesn't, you know, it's it's beneficial that way. Yeah. But fundamentally, we do cover heavy stuff. Yeah. And uh, we don't use topics to get a lot of, wait, we won't leverage them like the, ma- the mainstream media does yeah. to get a lot of views like yeah. they are doing with Ebola or the shootings. So that's why being audience funded is crucial to us because it helps a, it helps even out those ups and downs as people tune in and tune back and then tune out and then tune in as they, you know, sort of get their fill. The Patreon system locks in a consistent funding, so we don't have to worry about our numbers going up and down. The only number we worry about is keeping that number high enough to keep the show going. Patreon.com slash unfilters, how you can get in on that. The other reason, though, is it allow, it, it gives us the space to talk about things proportionally to how much they actually matter. I refer back to, in recent times, our coverage of Ebola. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it, but it has not dominated our show. No. And I think proportionally, in terms of how Ebola has been in the U.S., it's been right spot on. But if you look at how the mainstream media is doing it, because of the numbers they're pulling in, they go way over the top. Way, way over the top. Totally. And, they, and they freak people out because their model fundamentally demands they do it. It demands they do it. That's why we're, that's why we're funded by you. Yeah. Because we only have to do what you demand. Patreon.com slash unfilter. 
Please give a little pledge, and then plus you get access to the supporters sync and back the back. Uh, what you do they call it? What do they call the activity feed? Is that what they call it? The, <laughs> yeah. the Patreon activity feed. You get access to the yeah. Patreon activity feed. You get the it's, inside baseball, if you whoa, will. Whoa! You get the of, source files, of all of that. Plus, uh, you get the satisfaction of knowing you've kept us on the air. I, I want to bring us up from a, a notch. Tell us about your trip, Chase. Uh, I, want, I want to bring us up for a notch. By the way, this is my lovely wife, Catherine, and if she ever found out that I showed you guys this picture, she'd probably... Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody! She would probably kill me. Uh, by, by the way, look, look who uh, commented on my picture, by the way. Do who you, is that? I can't see it. That's Snubs. Oh, look at that. Look at that. So anyway, uh, that's my lovely wife. We, uh, over the weekend, when Chris was dotting the eye in Ohio, Jeez, we went to <laughs> we went to San Francisco, uh, and we checked out the World Series. We went to game number four. Here's a, a clip here that I took from Instagram. And as you can see, the, the crowd was packed. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's the, the national anthem there. Uh, I mean, this... this <laughs> For those baseball fans, you got to realize something. I, I'm a huge Giants fan, and you're probably wondering as we record this, why in the hell am I here? I mean, it's Game 7 of the World Series. Right now. Right now. Most I, important thing ever. I actually have it in front of me on a phone. I'm keeping an eye on the score. <laughs> That's why you have such a big phone. Uh, <laughs> hey, now. Uh, but I but I got to but I gotta say, uh, this show's very, very important to me. You know, Chris Chris said, hey, I, I, I know you, that sports ball thing's very sports, important to you. Sports, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you want to come in tomorrow? Yeah. I'm like... Dude, I have to be here. I have to come in here and talk Gotta to you guys about Unfilter, talk to you about what happened here in Marysville. Um, yeah, no kidding. But right? uh, but it's one of those things where you guys um, live every day to the moment that you can live it. Um, you know, support the people that give you joy and happiness and, uh, you know, cherish your friends and family. And don't forget, not to cut you off, but yes. the most importantly. Yes. Just stroke it a little bit. <laughs> You see that too. Okay. Oh, that was so good. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a great time. By the way, I would never suggest anybody to drive 14 hours in one day. Oh, was my it? God. All right. So, <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So I got to tell the story real, real quick. Okay. All right. So we, we drove down on Friday, um, and we got up at 5 a.m. How many, do you know how many miles that is? That's 850-ish miles. Okay. Okay. So we got up Friday. Um, and we drove down and made a lot of stops along the way because I had my dog with me. Oh. And... Uh, so we made a lot of stops along the way, uh, but it got really, really bad once we got uh, close to the uh, place that we were going to. So let me show you guys real quick here. Here's here. I'm going to take you on an electronic journey. <laughs> okay, Chase. He, I, I got to do this real quick. No, this is a great story. So so we start up here. In, <laughs> I love this. So we started up here uh, in Marysville, Everett which is where I live, and we drove down the, the I-5 corridor here, going by many great bacon towns like uh, Olympia, Longview, uh, Portlandia, which is Great Salem, Eugene. We keep going down I five, Roseburg, and just keep going, you guys. It's a big road trip. Uh, by the way, stopped in Weed, had a great time. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. Stop in Weed. Uh, we ended there on a high note. Uh, then we kept going south, and now here's where it got weird. Okay. Uh oh. So I am. I use Waze. I love Waze. Sure. And I let it route me all the way, so I know where the cops are and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So it said, "Hey, get off here. Get off right here at, at Highway 20." And you're like, "Why would I do that?" I'm like, "I've never gone this way before to get home." But Waze is pretty smart. And so I'm like, "I'm going to trust you, Waze. I'm going to use the force." So I fall. I fall the twenty. Uh-huh. Fall the twenty. Oh, so far, so that good. That looks like some rocky terrain. There, it's though. not so bad. It looked pretty good. But hills and stuff. Though? Yeah, there was hills, but it got really bad. Looks so, like it's not good for the gas mileage. No, it wasn't. But it got really bad. So I follow twenty. Down Highway 5329. Oh, no. Where the hell is it taking you? It's, it's taking me through like weird towns like Middletown, but this is where the worst. Right here. Do you see that? What kind of road is that? That looks like a snake. That was... 
Does the road lap over itself right down there towards the bottom of the map? No, is no, it crossing? no, no. It just gets so close. Whoa. And by the way, these are hills. These are like mountains. And I'm doing this on 14 hours, tired to the world. I crossed over the <laughs> double yellow line like three times. What is Waze? What happened, man? Waze, because here's the thing. I was going to Santa Rosa. Look at that. That's the craziest I know. thing I've ever So seen. I was going to Santa Rosa, which is right here. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to pop them all through these back roads to Santa Rosa instead of taking major freeways across. You guys, oh man, don't always blindly listen to Waze. Just saying. That's a good lesson right there, Chase. You know what that deserves? To just sort of finish that off a little. <laughs> there you go. Although, yeah, switchbacks, my gosh. That was just awful. It was just awful. Wow. Okay, so uh, let's uh, get scared about lone wolves for a little bit Ow! and uh, how that's going to uh, bring down America. So everybody be scared. Now to those stunning images of horror and mayhem captured during <laughs> deadly terror attacks this week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just, God, could Wait, they be... are you painting a picture in your head, Chris, could of they what be that any is? More, could they just be any more obvious that they're trying to scare the shit out of you? Yes. Like, now to those stunning images of horror and mayhem captured during deadly terror attacks this week. In Canada, shots fired at a national war memorial and parliament killing a soldier. And in New York City, a hatchet attack on police police officers both incidents carried out by so-called lone wolves so now if you attack a police officer you're a lone wolf because no because remember it was considered terrorism and it has to fit in that agenda lone wolves terrorism agenda so you see okay and there are new fears this morning about how many more are out there dan harris has been tracking the story all week it took only seven seconds, but it was devastating. A hatchet attack by this man against four New York City police officers. One of them hit in the head before so the wait, suspect was wait, shot. Hold on. Do they, they already, do they know that he was inspired by ISIS? They know this? No, nah, I don't know, man. Let's keep... I thought, I, I swear, I thought, all right, go ahead. I thought they didn't even know. They, like, they, they're just saying this was a random thing. This is the whole, their, their whole, their whole wow. narrative here is that just, it's not necessarily ISIS, it's just homegrown terrorism is on the rise. Remember we've been, we've yeah. been tracking the HVEs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And killed. Zale Thompson, a 32-year-old unemployed recent Muslim go. convert who police say was. So they, they didn't, so, uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess this, I, what I'm not sure, is this the guy that had the hatchet? That's the part I don't understand. Yeah, I so think I'm he was. To, okay. Well, so there's two people involved, I thought. Right. Yeah. Officers. One of them hit in the head before the suspect was shot and killed. Okay. Zale Thompson, a 32-year-old unemployed recent Muslim convert who police say was oh, okay. self-radicalized on the internet <clears throat> watching videos of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. That makes sense. You know, you go yeah. on YouTube. You know what's actually... So you just type in ISIS recruitment? You know what's scary as shit about that is I have, just from today, oh. like a dozen ISIS searches in my YouTube. I, I watched the uh, Lend Me Your Ears episode five by John uh, Can't Lie. And uh, so, so apparently, if the FBI were to look at my history, I would look radicalized just because I've been watching the video. I don't know if you heard that, Chris, but what, that's a, the FBI about oh, to go, serve a search I'll, warrant. I'll go check. I'm yeah. very comfortable. This was a terrorist attack, certainly. It came just a day after that deadly rampage in the Canadian capital when another 32-year-old Muslim convert put the city of Ottawa on lockdown. After allegedly killing a soldier who was guarding Canada's National War Memorial, Michael Zahaf Bibo stormed the Parliament building as bystanders fled. Shots were fired, and that's when the gunman started running, again, with bullets flying at him, directly down this hallway. This is the incredible part. He then ran past these two rooms, which were filled with members of parliament. All right, so let's stop here. So 
couple of things. That second that second person that was involved was an innocent bystander that got shot. The other thing is, is now we have jumped from a person who watched ISIS videos on YouTube and then took a hatchet to cops, and now we're talking about the shooting up in Canada. Canada, Chris. Not related to the U.S., Chase. Turns out Canada is a different country. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole separate Than place. America. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they always sit on top of us. But you see how they're sort of intertwining the two things as if, yeah. like, they're related. And in fact, in this room was the prime minister himself. He was stopped by Sergeant-at-Arms Kevin Vickers, seen here just moments after he shot and killed the suspect. Zahaf Bibo, unemployed with a long criminal record, was reportedly frustrated over delays in getting a passport to travel to the Middle East. The attack part of a worrying worldwide trend. After ISIS put out an online call for attacks against Western targets, homegrown extremists have been either killed during their attacks or arrested beforehand in America, Canada, England, and Australia. This is such crap. So some person claiming to be from ISIS posts on a form publicly calling for everybody to attack. Don't wait for specific instructions, the Post says. Everybody go attack. We covered this about three weeks ago in the show. Yep. Now they're taking these individual unrelated events. And they're grouping them all. And they're tying them all yep. together to this yep. Post by ISIS. Yep. But they have no relation. No. Terror is theater. And obviously they're trying to create and instill fear. And unfortunately, I think we're going oh, to see oh, more. All right. Well, let's play a little game. Okay. Let's play the game. Um, I know you might need to back this clip up a okay, little no, bit. Just problem. a smidge, right before he starts talking. I, I like to back it up. Right. Ba- back, back it up. He's going to be talking about ISIS. Yeah. And, you know, and how they're going to make instill fear. Replace ISIS okay. with our own government. Okay. And now let's see if the, that fits. The United States of America. The United States of America. Or, or maybe we'll just say like CIA for short right, or something CIA like that. Or something okay. like that. Okay. And, and see if that fits. See okay. if it works. Homegrown extremists have been either Not killed this guy, during but their attacks right, or arrested beforehand in America, Canada, England, and Australia. Terror is theater. And obviously, they're trying to create and instill fear. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see more of it. The United States. (laughs) Instilling more fear in our citizens. For this week, Dan Harris, ABC News, New York. Thanks to Dan. More on this now from the chair of the House Committee on Homeland Security, Congressman Michael McCall, and Matthew Olson, who was the director of the National Counterterrorism Center until just last month. I would like to start with... I'm going to stop it there. These guys then go on to essentially... Are they going to pitch pound, a book? They're going to, they pound, no, they just pound this. We have to worry about lone attacks, lone wolf attacks, lone wolf attacks the whole time. That's what they talk about for another 10 minutes. I have the full clip in the show notes. I thought, I thought that... We wanted to try to get away from using Lone Wolf. I guess is the media just not getting the memo? Right, right. And I think they're still working on that because they do – they're starting to update their lower third graphics and things like that. Fair enough. Uh, And what was so damn disappointing about this is to see this bullcrap with ISIS be used – ISIL, Chris. Right. Uh, be used to uh, once again scare the American people just like we did with al-Qaeda. It is such the same – it's the same script. Well, you know, to kind of do a throwback, we're seeing it with the Marysville shooting. You know, we got to be fearful of guns. We got to be fearful of lone wolves. We got to be fearful of ISIS. We got to be fearful of their propaganda. We have to be living in a, sh- a world of fear. We, by the way, we need to do an earthquake drill because there's going to be an earthquake right. crash. So we need to get under the tasks. Meanwhile, nobody look over in Iraq where we're trying to get the Kurds to move into Syria right. and stir that whole pot. Armed men are a common sight here in Kurdish-controlled northern Syria, a country embroiled in a vicious civil war. 
But one of the gunmen in this truck is not like the others. So the lower third reads, U.S. vet in ground war against ISIS. So the idea is this guy, a former war vet, has gone over to Syria Mm -hmm. on his own Mm -hmm. to join the Kurds Mm -hmm. and fight the Assad regime. Mm -hmm. So how do people react to you when when they see you and realize you're from the U.S.? They asked me if I'll come over for dinner and stay the night at their house. He sounded Canadian almost, sorry. Yeah, so the, the question was... was Stay at their house. How do people Matson feel? is a 28-year-old former U.S. Army soldier from Sturdivant, Wisconsin. How are you? I'm good. For the last month, he's also been a volunteer fighter in the Kurdish militia known here as the YPG. Ooh. Is he a Blackwater employee? With, Good uh, call, Anna Mouse. The YPG on Facebook. Hey, guy, I got in contact. So how'd you find out? I got in contact with them on Facebook. <laughs> really? And uh, I prayed about it for probably a month or two and, you know, just really soul-searched and said, is this what I want to do? And eventually, you know, decided to do it. So his name is Jordan Mastin. And by the way, at this point, He's admitting to breaking the law. What he is doing right now is illegal. But wait, I thought it's quote-unquote not an official war, though. If he goes over there to act as a mercenary like this, he's breaking the law. Uh. In his two years in the Army, Matson never once saw combat or deployment overseas. But soon after arriving here in Syria, he says he ended up in a battle against ISIS. The second day in, I got hit by a, a mortar in my, on a fight. While recovering from shrapnel wounds, Matson went to work online, recruiting more foreigners to help the YPG fight against ISIS. So he gets over there, and almost immediately, instead of fighting, because he was in some sort of attack, yeah, he goes to work online recruiting more people. So it's And what's interesting about that is you hear, oh, ISIS is so savvy. ISIS is so good online. ISIS has such good media propaganda. In fact, I've got a couple of clips to that effect in the supporters' sync. But yet this guy goes there, and one of the first things he goes to work to do is recruiting people online. And I'm just looking at this, and I'm thinking, this guy sounds like a CIA plant or something to me. I'm just frying some bacon here, Chase. You know what? You know what? I kind of got that little bit of a smidge. Wait, not the crickets. <laughs> bacon. You know, By the way, this piece of bacon coming to you from Petaluma, California. So, like, because this clip, right, it sends the message that veterans that have skills and know what's up over there, are so motivated to go help Chris, these people Chris, we're fight. missing it. We're missing it. He's boots on the ground, and he's going he's gonna to kind of show the American people this is what boots on the ground can do. Hmm. I, my mind is blown. I've had an ex-military come from East, ask from Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Canada, the United States, Australia, um, you name it. New Zealand. They've been asking. You know, ISIS has threatened all of these countries that I've named to push their agenda in those nations. And the veterans of those nations who love their countries don't want to sit by while this is happening. Back home in Wisconsin, Matson used to work in a food packing company. Other than that, um, we just hang out in here. Now he lives in places like this former restaurant converted into a militia camp. What are the pictures? Uh, These are all men that have died uh, fighting against ISIS. The YPG are very lightly armed guerrillas. Is this yeah. even a flak jacket? Uh, no, this is just a, a vest to carry uh, ammunition. So, he doesn't even have... Okay, 
Now, is it because they're underarmed or is it because he's not in combat because his role isn't that? It's because he's a native English speaker and they need to do good propaganda. They need some in order to do decent yeah, propaganda online, you got to be able to speak English. Well, you got to have right? a spokesperson. If you want to reach if you want to get your message to an English speaking audience and reading audience, then you got to have somebody that knows the language. So maybe that's why he's not wearing a combat vest. Maybe. So so basically, people are running into battle without even any armor. Yes. And wearing sneakers half the time. Yes. A combat Adidas. I mean, okay. U.S. law enforcement officials say it's illegal for an American to join a Syrian militia. But Matson says being here, fighting ISIS alongside the Kurds, is a dream come true. Oh, yeah. You could not be further from home right now. Yeah, I guess this is the other side of the world. All my life, I just wanted to be a soldier, I guess, growing up. And uh, so, this. I just fits well over here. Uh-huh. I'm at peace being here. Yeah, I, 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 my, men are a c- my mind is blown by this clip. It, it is so much is going on in that know. video clip. And, and I love the fact that the government. No, we don't have any official statement from a government official yet. Yeah, we're so right. quick to intercept two kids. Right, that were, the, the teen girls. They're right. going to go join ISIS because right. you yeah. know how receptive ISIS is to teen girls. Absolutely, yeah. they're like so for them. All right, yeah. all right. So, uh, okay, can uh, can you do me a solid? Uh, by the yeah. way, uh, just really a quick tease. I did mention it. John Can't Lie is back with another episode. It is ridiculously hard to find the right v- version on YouTube, so I have it in the supporter sync if you guys want to watch it. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I didn't really grab a lot that I felt was worth playing in the show. I, I'll jump right. ahead so you can see a little bit of it. 2013, when the Islamic State launched a long-term operation to capture Westerners entering Syria, and they began the next phase of the operation, negotiating for our release with our governments through families and friends. So the whole clip is really him kind of, the whole video is him kind of talking about why he was not released and et cetera, et cetera. So that's in the supporter sync if you want to check that out. But I wanted to go full bacon on ISIS. Full bacon mode. We haven't done it for a while. So let me set this up. A lot of this, a lot of the supporting information for this is going to be in the uh, show notes. So uh, you can check that for more information. But I want to start with a clip that caught my attention, and you'll see how I can tie this back to ISIS in a moment. All right. Getting hooked on painkillers is an expensive habit. Many now turning to a cheaper way to chase that high with heroin. Tonight, we take you inside the epidemic, investigating how this deadly drug is winding up in our neighborhoods. Here's ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas. She was completely gray. She was, her eyes were rolled back in the back of her head, and she was frothing out the mouth. That was the shocking state Givinia found her 17-year-old daughter in when she went to wake her for school one morning. I screamed to my husband. I'm like, get up here, you know, and we're shaking her, and we're shaking her, and we're shaking her. Both Guy and her husband had no idea what was wrong with their precious daughter, Nikki, until paramedics arrived. The EMT asked me, he said, what kind of drugs does your daughter take? And I said, she doesn't take drugs. And, and he said, she has track marks all over her arms. And I'm like, what? And he goes, your daughter's a heroin addict. Their daughter was revived that morning, but the nightmare was only beginning. Vinya's story is one of just thousands playing out across the country. Now, is this the house where your friend lost her son? Right here, yes. And he died on Easter Sunday. The heroin epidemic casting a shadow on neighborhoods big and small. Deaths from heroin addiction have more than doubled from 2010 to 2012. Heroin, it seems, is everywhere. 
So heroin sales are not just way up in the U.S. They're way, 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 way up in Russia, way up in Europe. And, uh, of course, uh, heroin production is way, way up since the U.S. invaded Afghanistan. And I have all this data in the show notes. You've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, sh- we've shown the pictures on the show before of the soldiers in Afghanistan guarding the poppy fields. We've seen all of this before, and I have more information in the show notes about that. You also have probably heard, in, you've probably in the past, but maybe not, I know some people haven't, heard that the CIA crashed back in uh, 2007 on the Mexico border carrying four tons of cocaine from Colombia. Do you remember hearing about this? No. Okay. So this is not as well known. Okay. Uh, but it, 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 you can do some digging around. You can find out about it. All but right. uh, Yeah. So essentially why it's not quite as well known is because the company that owned the plane was a front for the CIA. But once you find out who owned that company, this is the CIA, it's pretty obvious uh, how the link goes. Okay. So it goes a little something like this. Uh, uh, so here's some pictures, actually, even of the plane crash. That's a CIA plane that crashed on the border. There was loaded. Those that's those that's the bags of cocaine right there that were wow. on the plane. That's a massive. And load. Uh, you know we don't know exactly what they were doing with that particular load, but I do have in the show notes information about where the CIA has been busted in the past uh, in order to provide funds for them. I'm going to get this wrong because it's Chinese, I believe. So I don't think I'm going to get the pronunciation very right. But in order to provide funds for the Kalmatang. Forces that were loyal to, uh, boy, another name I'm not going to get, Kai-shek, who were fighting the Chinese communists under Mao Zedong. (laughs) The CIA helped them by smuggling opium and selling it and funding them. And I have information about this in the show notes. But this is on the books. The CIA was funding an opposition army by selling heroin on the black market. They were taking the the proceeds from that heroin sale and they were giving that money to these... I guess essentially what you would consider ISIS now, but back right. then they were a militia force. Yeah. I don't know if you could call ISIS a militia force so much, yeah. but it's essentially, a, it's, it, it reminds me a lot of what's happened before. I have links to information about that. Talk about show me the, the money. Yeah. So you think about, since we've, since we've invaded Afghanistan, the poppy production goes way up. The heroin trade goes way up. Heroin usage in the United States goes way up. In, all, in Europe, way up. In Russia, way up. All originating from Afghanistan. It's now, it's now, it's out some unbelievable percentage of the market of heroin comes from Afghanistan. In fact, you can look it up, but it's, it's some un- incre- it's, it's unbelievable the total percentage that comes from Afghanistan. And that's since we invaded. Right. Somebody might be making a cut off that. So I think initially ISIS – remember, this is all bacon, yeah, but I yeah, think initially yeah. ISIS is state-funded by, by our favorite you know, ensemble, the U.S., Saudi Arabia, you know, the, the oils. Israel's probably in that group too. We all right. help fund ISIS to get them started. Yep. That's where they get their weapons from because it's the weapons we've been giving to the Syrian quote-unquote moderates that never existed. But now that ISIS is established and that funding has been cut off and now we're in a coalition, a coalition where we're – A coalition, a coalition of the against evil. And now, now, the, now the state funding is getting cut off. ISIS makes their money now by selling oil from the oil bases that they quote-unquote captured. Okay. But somebody has to buy that oil. Who's buying that oil? And why can't we figure that out? And where are they getting the money to buy that oil from? And that's what's funding ISIS primarily on a day-to-day basis uh, right now. Okay. Because I've, I've been honestly wondering about like, – because I've been hearing about these black market oil sales. I'm thinking, how is that even happening? Like, what's So you could see right. how from a, from a broader perspective, if you had a big old long-term agenda, you know, like, like the Wes Clark kind of agenda where you're going to take seven nations, right? 
and you're going to knock them down one by one. And you needed a grand strategy, and you needed a funding method that was off the books that the American people would never know about. Right. Maybe you go into Afghanistan. Maybe you guard those poppy fields. Maybe you make a little money off that. Maybe you fund your ISIS terrorists, just like we did to China back in the day. Wow. I don't know. That's some, totally, of, some of it's not that baconish, to be honest. Man. I know it's pretty bacony, but yeah. I got if you're if you're curious about it, we'll yeah. move on. But there's lots of more information wow. in the show notes, including information about the uh, poppy uh, production, uh, information about heroin deaths going up in the U.S., especially been bad uh, in uh, New York. So yeah, we got we got we got all that s uh, in the show notes. If you're curious about more, yeah, and see there, look at that, look at that, look at that, that is... look at that. So there, there's 2001. That's 9/11. This the lowest point ever. Right there. Yep. The lowest point ever. And then the global war on terror takes off, and look at it just tick the F up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, fascinating I'm- to think about a little bit. By the way, I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. I hope so, too. Uh, so, yeah, we have more information of, uh, and uh, can't lie in the show notes can't as lie. well. What, what's that? I'm sorry? It's can't lie. Oh, okay. All right, All right I want to talk a little Cold War, Chase. Let's move right along to uh, the Cold War. Uh there's a lot of interesting things going on right now. Let's start with a little fear-mongering, okay? I always love pointing the finger without total concrete evidence. That's my favorite thing. A sophisticated cyber weapon from Russia reportedly. Okay, so a sophisticated cyber weapon. Let's just stop right there. A sophisticated cyber weapon. That's what we're calling a virus now. That's what we call a Trojan now. That's what we call a little bit of malware. Something that, you know, Norton antivirus catches. Right? Yeah, yeah. That piece of shit Norton antivirus catches. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're calling a sophisticated cyber oh, weapon. Oh, these now. are sophisticated. Okay. Has turned up inside an American company holding military secrets. This morning's Wall Street Journal says the spy tool was programmed on Russian language machines. Okay, so programmed on Russian language machines. Now we know you can only have a Russian language machine in Russia. That's only way to do that. Computer security experts say that cyber spying has, quote, a government sponsor, specifically a government based in Moscow. Now, the reason why they believe the government is based in Moscow, as uh, as Charlie puts it, is because the times that the software were compiled were during Moscow business hours. The report oh. did not say which company was targeted by the hackers. So, uh, obviously, it's extremely possible. I am quite sure that Russia has their own brand of cyber uh, malware that they're pushing out, just like we do, just like every right. nation probably yeah. does, just like China does. Uh, but it's just, you know, no real hard evidence yet. Go ahead, run it in the national news. Sure. What's not getting run on the national news is a kick-ass speech by Mr. Your Buddy. My good friend. Vladimir Putin. Oh, Vlad. What's he up to? He had, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to get the pronunciation right. Surprise, surprise. Valdai? It's a conference where he laid down some smack talk against the U.S. And it's not gotten any airtime in the West at all. And Russia's president has delivered one of his strongest foreign policy statements ever, hitting out at America for trying to reshape the world to its own benefit. Now, Vladimir Putin was addressing an informal group of scholars at the annual Valdai Discussion Club, Valdai. At the event held in Sochi this year, and that's ah, where Artsy Zinigoda Piskanov now reports from. Or what was the Olympics? Global security is in crisis. That- and before we go too far here, <clears throat> I, I'm sorry it's a translation. Uh, I know that's not as dynamic and interesting, but these are extremely important things that are about to be said. And I, okay, number one. Number two, I am not some Putin fan. I am not some advocate of the Kremlin. I Chris, don't, I'm looking at your computer. You have wallpaper of sure. him on a on, yep, crocodile yep, yep. with a bear in the background don't forget, and no and, shirt. And he's fishing. And he's fishing. Uh, smoking a cigar. Right. 
with his motorcycle running in the background. Correct. And his uh, $100,000 Aston Martin. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, try to try to listen to what he has to say and tell me he's not... Tell me he's not right. That's the message from President Putin, who accused the U.S. of dragging the world into chaos, ignoring rules and punishing those who don't share its interests. There are many tried and tested ways of influencing insubordinates. There are military actions, economic ones and propaganda pressure. There's interference into domestic affairs and appeals to a supra-legal legitimacy when it's needed to justify legal intervention in different conflicts or toppling inconvenient regimes. Mm, like the Assad regime or Libya just recently. Recently, we have increasing evidence that outright blackmail has been used with regard to a number of leaders. Uh, the bags of cash in Afghanistan. Bags of money, yeah. The president also noted how the mistakes of the past still find their way into the present. Western-backed jihadists fighting against the Soviet Union in Afghanistan later turned into al-Qaeda and the Taliban. And now rebels in Syria have turned into Islamic State, which is destroying the Middle East. President Obama labeled the Islamic State as one of the main global threats. But who helped to arm those fighting against Assad in Syria? Who created a political and informational climate that fits their interests? Who promoted weapon transfers? I think this policy is absolutely irrational, unprofessional and groundless. Crimea and the double standards surrounding it were also talked about, and he made clear that Russia would protect its interests with the help of an old saying. In 1954, Khrushchev, who for some reason liked to hit his shoe on the desk at the United Nations, decided to delegate Crimea to Ukraine. This was a blatant violation of the legislation of that time. Finally, talk. Yeah, you know, and he goes on to say, so they kind of cut it short, and because of course that sounds like a defensive answer that he would say, but he goes, you know, he goes on to point out that yeah. uh, they had a base there too. I'm not trying to defend what he's saying, but my point is. There is another side to some of these things that we hear about. Right. And it's interesting to hear him sort of bluntly articulate them. Right. And it's some of the things that we've said already on this show. Yeah. Talking about sanctions, Putin said they are hurting all sides, but stressed they're not going to force Russia to isolate itself from the world. President Putin is no stranger to tough words, but some of the statements he made here at the forum were among the strongest yet. A sign Moscow is not indifferent to what's happening in the world and can't ignore rules constantly being broken, since stable and reliable global security is something everyone should be more than interested in. Igor Peskunov, RT, reporting from Sochi. Something kind of interesting. He also went on to point out that... Uh, uh, that the uh, NSA global spying seems to have done nothing to make us uh, any safer. Wow, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, I thought that was nice. That uh, yeah. Uh, and he also says that the U.S. is deforming world order. Uh, and then, of course, it's gotten quite a bit of coverage. Branded in the international media as his most anti-American diatribe ever. Some read his message as being, quote, don't mess with Mother Russia. But was that really what the Russian leader was implying? We asked several experts why Putin opted for the tough talk, and they said he was actually pushing for a sincere change in Western policies. What do you think, Chase? Well, I mean, some of that's, you know, there's always an ounce of truth in there, right? And so, I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah, and not to, not to overplay uh, this angle too much, but yeah. uh, I, I do want to cover just for a couple of minutes, if you can believe this, I want to go back to the MH17 crash and play this clip. Just... Because it's something we haven't talked about in a little bit, and it's interesting how such a huge story all of a sudden goes away. The Malaysian passenger jet that crashed in eastern Ukraine in July may have been shot down by another aircraft. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so more Moving info on. about that in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of kind of odd. Hmm. Hey, Chase, I don't have any audio for the high note today, but yeah. we do have uh, an, an article linked in the show notes. Voters in Oregon, Alaska, and the District of Columbia are going to be weighing in whether their state should become a second wave of legalizer with each confronting sli- slightly different types of legislation. That's right. Oregon's got ballot measure 91, which would follow in Colorado's fo- uh, footsteps. With lower taxes on them, actually, huh. uh, so they they already Road have trip. they do have a regulated uh, system for medical marijuana already in yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, this would uh, just legalize it for everybody. Right. Uh, also, Alaska will have something called ballot measure number two, which is similar to measure ninety one, but it's less detailed and has a little bit of a higher tax, like fifty dollars per ounce. Watch out. Yeah, but that would be regulated. Washington, D.C. has something called Initiative 71, uh, and it's really, a, it's, it's more of a just a decriminalization bill uh, more than anything else. So there's there's a lot of things that are going to be happening uh, in this coming election cycle. I'm also still uh, holding out hope that uh, we will see it uh, deregulated, I guess, or declassified as a Schedule A or Schedule 1 narcotic, heavy-duty, awful drug. Keep on dreaming, Chase. Keep on dreaming. I've already read, uh, I put in the red book, it will happen. Well, Chase, uh, as we wind up, it is Halloween week. Do you get do you get trick or trick or treaters at uh, your we, place? We we do. It depends on the weather. Uh, if it's really really cold, not so much. But we mm. maybe average about eighty to one hundred. So you end up with a big candy bowl, and then uh, yeah, you know, we never turn our lights on, but we always get the candy bowl. Yeah, so. you know what? I'm I don't know this what to do about I'm, that. I'm just gonna. You know what? Trick or treaters are honest, right? If you just put out a candy bowl, they'll sure, just take what they yeah. want, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, so anyways, uh, thank you everyone for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'd love to get your input over on our subreddit, a great subreddit this week, and I'm trying to credit it from time to time when I remember to do it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So if you submitted a story and you're like, hey, I think I might have submitted that one, either A, I already had it on my radar, or B, I tried to give you credit. That's true. One of the, I'm not right. sure. Where would they go, Chase, if they were going to get in on that <laughs> subreddit? Do you remember could, where that's at? There's this uh, community place where you can all uh, ha- hang out. Uh, uh, it's been there for a couple of years now. No. It's called unfilter.reddit.com. What? That is the place where you can go. Uh, look at that top Why story there. Why not go there? Why not the, go there? The hot story is I one that there. we talked about yeah. on the show. Yeah. Uh, but there's other great things here. So Reddit, or unfiltered.reddit.com. Yep. That's a good place to get discussions going, too. So and if you have a counterpoint and would like to get other folks' opinions, something that goes uh, counter to what we've talked about on the show, the why not part, submit it there? The best part is getting in conversations, talking, yeah. chatting it up, and having a good time. Mm-hmm, 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 now, Chris, during the mm-hmm. course of the week, yeah. I, I mean, you mm-hmm. were at uh, oh, you know Ohio Linux Fest. Sure. You were dot sure. in the eye there. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us, where can people go to check out what you're doing? Oh, I would go over to twitter.com slash chrislas. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, where I that's a go. good place. Yeah, that's where I would yeah. go. Yeah. I tell bad. you, Chase, uh, if I was kind of curious about uh, your goings-ons, mm-hmm. your activities, mm-hmm. your thoughts. At Nunes on Twitter. Oh! Yeah, go figure that one out. Yep, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was tweeting out pictures and... Uh, so are, are uh, you uh, are you too busy with the sports ball to do podcasting, or do you still do that? Too? Oh, no, no, I do that thing, GeekGamer.tv. Oh, oh GeekGamer.tv? Uh, we're actually doing a Halloween special in the Minecraft world. People are building their own haunted houses. Cool. And we're going to show those off on Sunday show. Well, I, uh, I'm i excited about the next couple of weeks of Unfiltered, because uh, there's a couple of interesting stories that are in progress right now. Ooh. Ebola is kind of like transitioning. 
Mm-hmm. We've got this new leaker. Mm-hmm. There's been some interesting movements on the CIA torture report. Plus, mm-hmm. elections oh, are coming elections. right around the corner. Elections. I love elections. And this so, is midterm. There's a lot of really... And then the dynamics are going to be changing after that in a really big way. So the next few weeks of Unfilter, I think, are going to be pretty good. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. So, And we're just going to start at 120 right there. So don't forget, you can go over to patreon.com slash unfilter. You can support the show. Keep us going. Patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. jbtitles.com let's vote so uh, the supporter sync has some interesting stuff in there uh, in the overtime folder there is some raw video of uh, some interesting street protests uh, here Chase check this out you might find this interesting whoa oh hey now oh hey now oh ow yeah I know right ow I can't show that on uh, on air Wow. But that's in the supporter sink. Wow. Now that was... Uh, wow. Uh, here's a, there's also a great clip about the ISIS power of propaganda again. The propaganda videos have all the high production of American TV. They just keep running that, but the, that that's another great video. It's in the shows you all their best of. All right, jbtitles.com. jbtitles.com. I don't think I want to graduate of Murder High. Uh, Vigilante Plays War. Interesting. Just give, uh, let's see. Um, come on. I don't, none of these are grabbing me. Chase, you got any uh, title ideas? Fun, how about the funding of ISIS? Uh, funding of ISIS. Uh, how yeah, ISIS gets funded? No. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's we don't really know for sure, though. No. It's just a theory. Shooting close to home? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... I don't like it like it, you know what I mean, but I think it fits because we did, I mean, that was our, the big part of the show. Shooting close to home. Hmm. Yeah, I tried to keep the ISIS stuff down a little bit today, or, you know, just pared back a little bit. Right. Because it's all just horrible. I don't know, people people have uh, given me cold feet now. I heard from so many people that say they get... Well, they're like, yeah, I, well, I tune out for a little bit, then I come back, then I tune out for a little bit, and I come back. Wow. All right, what do we got? What do we got? JBTitles.com. Let's boat. Boat, 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 The EU. Yeah. It's just IS now. Yeah, I've noticed that. Vigilante plays war. Shooting close to nobody's voted for shooting close to home. Chase, well, you could vote too, you know. Uh, well, actually, no, we're on the same. Just give them some guns, Chase. Uh, just give them some guns. JBTitles.com. 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 All right, you guys, I'm going to play a clip while you go vote. Uh, go you, boat. You go boat right now. Right now, go, go, go boat. boat, go boat. Uh, yeah. 
Do you know what Wall Streeters make of all this wealth inequality? Let's ask them and find out. So you involve morality in your investment choices? Absolutely. Do you think that is the norm here? I would say with the majority of the people that I've worked with firsthand in my 33 years on Wall Street, that is the norm. They care about the world. I mean, a lot of people are writing checks there and they're giving it to charity. Who's written you, know, you, you know, a check? Our, our country is the greatest charitable country in the world. So houses, that's what it's all about? No, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I have a couple cars, too. And then bitches, third. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. Oh, this yeah. is Zuccotti Park. You know, this is where Occupy right. Wall Street happened. Right. And now we're wondering what's going on because the uh, hippies have moved out and, you know, it's back to normal here. Yeah. It's kind of a shame, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. A statue to a man checking his briefcase before a meeting. That's what's occupying Wall Street right now. Now, I'm certainly not going to suggest that everybody that works on Wall Street did things for an altruistic reason, right? right. I wouldn't say, I would never say No, but that. they're taking advantage of they, the law well, that as it's written by pr- scoundrels. Thank you for understanding that. Of course, of course I understand and that, but, that's, a, but that. that's again part of the problem too, is that accountability is shuffled around. Well, Who's the bigger crooks, the politicians or the Wall Street guys? <laughs> well, that's, that's neck and neck. <laughs> you're a skateboarder and you're dressed in one of these monkey suits. Why? Because I want to make a lot of money. And that's how you do it, right? right. You wear the suit. You're in suits. You're the winners. You're the winners. You go into the halal. The winners are the guys who aren't in suits because they don't have to wear suits anymore. What do the winners wear? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Hoverboards and uh, plastic suits, hoodies. No. no. All right, Chase. Let's see. There's more to that clip you can find. In wow. <laughs> JBTitles.com. JBTitles.com. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Boom. Shooting Dun-dun. close to home and vigilante plays war are neck and neck. Shooting close to home is my vote. And all I right. can't vote. Because- all right, all right. Shooting close to home it is. All right. Very good. Very good. So since we came up with that one, does the chat room get... Do they? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Because it seems like... Because we only got five votes, so they weren't very committed. So it wasn't... Well, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. The chat room's really not wor- working it right now. I mean, they're not really asking for it either. It's true. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think they want. it. I guess they don't. No, I guess we'll enough. just end it there then. I mean, I guess. Well, you know what? I, you know, I gotta go because you know I'm gonna watch yeah. the World Series, yeah. and since the chat room doesn't care, and it's fine know. by me. All right. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go snuggle with the uh, unfiltered supporters. I'm gonna you know go. What? You uh, do that. Man. I'm gonna that's go a... make a post on the uh, yeah. Patreon page, and I'm gonna. That's yeah. gonna be my snuggle. I'm gonna snuggle their inbox. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. Gonna... Anyway, right. wow. thanks, chat room. Ooh, well, thanks, you guys. Uh, oh, well, we got a couple of people kind of want it. No, I don't think uh, so. No, Jay. well, we kind of do. I mean, uh, one person kind of loves the. All right, you know what we'll do? What's that? You gonna give them half? Yeah. All right. Compromise. Compromise. What do you think? Compromise. Good. Yeah, g- give them the short version. Yeah, we'll give them the short version. Here we go. Here we go. Do it. Laughing, this is what I'll say. Oh yeah. Yeah! There you go. That's all you get. <laughs> That's it. That's all you get. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for being here oh, today. Thanks so much, you guys. Uh, for you unfiltered supporters, you guys make a, make the world go around for us. You you matter so much. You are the ones that keep us here every single week. We love you. Loves you, Chad. Hope you like our snuggle in your inbox. Yeah, I tried. You and for you livers, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, take care of each other. Hope you join us next week. See you, bye, bye. Go Giants. Is that is that sports ball chase? Shh, I'm leaving. <laughs>